You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. 2-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Two strikeouts to start and to end the inning for Austin Wehner. DeVito singled and was left stranded at first. We have completed six. Central Connecticut five and Bryant five. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and we have got a great episode in store for you guys today. With the World Series underway, I wanted to focus on baseball right now and talk with an individual who has competed in some big games of his own. He is a pitcher who has made numerous appearances in the NEC tournament for the Bryant Bulldogs. And this year, he and his team will have a new challenge in store for them as they move to the America East Conference. We'll discuss that move and so much more. But without any further ado, hailing from Johns Creek, Georgia, please welcome to the show, Austin Wayner. Austin, glad to have you here, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Obviously, uh, glad to have you in studio. You have a show of your own. Um, you like tell me a little bit about tell me a little bit about that. Uh, we've only had one so far. Okay. Has, hasn't had much um, sure much popularity to it. Obviously, you know, just just getting the ball rolling here. But uh, it's been cool. I love being in the uh, facility. It's obviously a really nice. They spend a lot of money in here, and yeah. uh, it's just cool to kind of be in here and get to talk with some cool people and have some good conversations. No, yeah, absolutely. We had a. Uh, We've had a ton of great stuff, a ton of awesome upgrades in the station. Uh, for those of you guys watching this episode, this is probably going to be the best produced episode of Down of the Wire I've ever done. Uh, we have like this incredible camera right now capturing all of uh, capturing all of this episode. So uh, I'm really excited for what we have today. But um, Austin, we'll kind of talk about the NEC tournament, move to the America East, all that in a little bit. But I wanted to take things back and I wanted you to kind of tell me, how did you really get into baseball? How did your love for this game really begin? That's a, that's definitely a loaded question right there. Um, well, I mean, honestly, for me, like it started before I could even remember, like, <laughs> just like, even like just a little kid, just running around with the ball in my hand, just having my parents like flip it to me, like really short. And then kind of moving into T-ball where we would just hit off a tee and just kind yeah. of run. And it was just kind of fun and, you know, nothing in the world mattered except for like that moment at that time. And kind of grew up growing, growing up uh, playing with a bunch of my friends. That's how I met so many of my friends. And I played basketball too when I was young. I played a few other sports too, but baseball was just one that I was really good at. Sure. And honestly, like when I was younger, it wasn't one that I liked more than basketball. It was just one that I was better at, I would yeah. say. And like, that kind of makes sense. Like you, you would like to keep playing the one that you're better at. And then over time, I kind of lost interest in basketball when I was in high school and especially when I moved. And then after that, it was just like, baseball was my thing. I loved it. I loved being out there every day. And through just being with my friends and people just around me made it so much better. Absolutely. So when you were growing up, obviously this was something that you has just been ingrained from you from a young age, but um, you know, were you know, did you kind of consider yourself to kind of be a natural when you were younger or did it kind of take a little bit longer for some of those skills to come along? I know that there are some people that would consider themselves late bloomers. And then I know other kids that, um, I interviewed this one guy who's in AAA for the White Sox right now, and he told me, yeah, I hit a home run out of a like large out of like a big field at nine, and my parents knew. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. Um, for me, that wasn't so much the case. It was always kind of natural for me just to sure. play the game, um, just to kind of like like being out there, which not a lot of people like do that. Like growing sure. up, they're kind of forced out there, and that's kind of like people 
I think they don't really last as long in the sport. And yeah. for me, it was just my parents let me just go out there. They bought me like you're bringing up some old memories here. <laughs> they bought me a brought me a pitch back, which pretty much you just throw it and it bounces off a net and just comes right back to you. Wow. I'd be out there for just hours and hours and hours, just like just having fun with myself, giving myself ground balls and kind of just taking swings in the garage. My parents bought me a batting cage uh, with my neighbors to use when I was growing up. So like, I wouldn't say it was just natural, but I think I grew up in a small enough town where like, if you were good, like you were like one of the better ones out there. Yeah. And like you said, I'm, I'm from Johns Creek, but I grew up in a very small town in New York um, mm -hmm. where sports were just kind of our thing like our whole life was built around sports even the weekends we would just go out mm -hmm. and like play basketball pick up basketball like play with a ball with uh, my friends family all that so yeah. i wouldn't definitely wouldn't say it was natural but i would say it was more natural than other people could say mm -hmm. so were you in were you in the south very long or did you kind of move to new york at a young age so when i lived in new york for 15 years okay um i was in somers new york that's my alma mater right there nice um i grew up in uh, going to somers high school somers middle school all these places and Good then stuff. when i was 15 my mom got a job in atlanta georgia in buckhead wow. and so we packed everything up <laughs> halfway through high school and we made a trip to to uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, where we live. And I went to, so it's kind of weird, which the South compared to the North was very weird because oh yeah, we had three high schools just in the one town and wow. each, and my, the high school that I was at had like 22, 2300 kids. I had one high school when, when I lived in New York and there was about 1200 kids. So like you can imagine the culture Jeez. shock that I had when I went, that's gotta be a huge culture shock. My God, it was crazy. I mean, honestly, it was kind of tough because I was a sophomore in high school so, so kind of getting ripped out of that, that's got to be tough. Yeah, it was kind of tough. So my mom actually commuted for a year because my older brother was in high school yeah. at the time and he was going to be a senior. So she didn't want to rip him out for his senior year to mm -hmm. go down to Atlanta. But so she commuted like every other weekend, like sometimes she missed kind of a lot of baseball games that year, but she she's made up for it. Definitely. She she loves coming to Brian being and watching our game. She loves it. Absolutely. I mean, so you go from being in kind of, you know, once one baseball Mecca in New York, uh, you know, obviously you have the Yankees and their history there. Are you a Yankees fan? I'm not to believe it or not. I'm a Red Sox fan. That, that's interesting. How, okay. I'll, I'll have to discuss that in a little bit, but yeah. uh, like all the Georgia stuff, but how are, how are you a Red Sox fan? My dad is from Connecticut. Okay. So growing up, that's, he, that's kind of 50, 50 though. No, 50, 50. So that was either kind of growing up. He's either, do I be a Yankees fan or do I be a Red Sox fan? Mm -hmm. And like, I think he made the right choice, yeah. but I mean, a, a lot <laughs> at, of people, at least for this century. Yeah, exactly. For this century, for sure. And of course the Yankees, you know, they made it far. Well, whatever they, they lost, they lost. I'll make that known. They yeah. lost, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm, that's my, obviously baseball is my main sport, but I'm diehard Red Sox fan. That's, that's awesome, man. Oh, yeah. So yeah, going back to kind of like going down to Georgia, you go from, you know, being up in the Northeast and, you know, I've, I grew up in this area myself. I grew up in Massachusetts and, you know, we got some competitive like players up here, oh, yeah. but from what I know, when you go down South, it's just mm -hmm. a different breed of, you know, you know, football, baseball, anything. It's just bigger down there. And it's just a lot more difficult. How was that for you as a player kind of going into that environment? So I mentioned earlier, like kind of losing interest in basketball, like sure. in high school, um, I kind of got down there and I would say, I wouldn't say I was like the star, like, I'm not going to say I'm the star player when I was in New York, yeah. but I started every game, uh, my freshman year, my sophomore year and like was captain. And then I go to Georgia and I see our average height is like six, five. And I'm just <laughs> like, Oh no, what am I going to do? Cause like I'm five, eight, like I, 
I mean, I can compete in baseball, like height, like you can, you can be any shape, any size. Basketball is a little bit tougher. And like, if you're, if you're not like the most explosive five, eight guard of all time, unless, unless you're like Nate Robinson and like, you're like able to just like jump out the gym. It's like, that's a tough battle. I think Mount St. Mary's my freshman year on the basketball team had this kind of short kid running around doing, and they beat it. They beat us in the playoffs my freshman year. And that kid literally ran circles around us and just like, gave like baskets to everybody it was kind of fun to watch but yeah like growing up basketball kind of lost interest in that um and then just kind of baseball took over from there yeah that that's that's really interesting so you know this could be a little bit between both georgia and new york but um during your time growing up when did you know who were some mentors and some people that really kind of you know you mentioned your parents but uh who were some other coaches and stuff that really kind of inspired you i had i actually had a ton of coaches so when i was Growing up, I just played like normal travel ball, like parents coach, all that stuff. And kind of got serious when we're when you get to like 12 years old, you start going to Cooperstown, people start getting real competitive. Parents kind of get away from the uh from the um the picture. But um going to Dreams Park, going yeah. to All-Star Village. My oh, yeah. I never did that. My brother did that a lot, but um I can definitely tell you as someone who's gone on those trips, it's pretty it's crazy. Amazing. It's literally like baseball mecca. It's <laughs> just heaven out there. It's like a hundred hundred teams, like it gets crazy. Oh yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I had that coach. I had, I had him for about five years, uh, going when I was 12, uh, Steve Erker is his name. Okay. And he, he honestly, he grew up playing hockey and he knew his brother played baseball and he knew so much about baseball just from his brother being this, this guy, he went Gator player of the year, went to a D one, had to transfer to a, um, NAIA school. Wow. Um, so, but he was really a big mentor. And then I kind of got into high school and, um, Honestly, when I was in New York, my high school head coach didn't really know much about pitching. He was just kind of that guy that tells you where to go, when to go in. Sure. But when I was a freshman in high school, we had a pitching coach in Somers that he really changed my life, changed the entire way that I like viewed baseball. Like for me, it was just go out there, compete, play, like do whatever you need to do to just win. And he kind of changed my whole view of like, Hey, like this is more than just like something to have fun with. This is something you really, if you want to keep doing this, you need to work at it and you need to get the right tools to help you. And he really set me up. I was probably hitting like 65 miles an hour wow. my, going into my freshman year, which is God awful. Oh, of what? Of what? High school? Just, I'm about to say. I'm about to say. I was about to say. Oh, yes. I was to say. I am going to rip right a new one if they no, run no, no. I was like, what? If I was throwing 65, and I was like, I was like, here. there's no shot. I, I was like, I was like, please to God, tell me this is high school because if this is Brian, like, God damn, we got some problems on our hands. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I I would have loved to have hit 65 my freshman year. Yeah. That that would have been pretty solid. Well, six. I mean, like 65, like it's it's freshman year like i'd had no way nothing to even compare to so i was like sure. all right 65 is good and then we went through his whole uh training routine in the winter like 6 a.m workout 6 30 a.m getting up going in early and just lifting for the first time i'd ever lift and like obviously freshman high school kind of hitting puberty a little yeah. bit and so by the time i was done i was 81 like that that was a life changer for me because i had all these new exercises all these new lifts and now i had even more confidence because like i'm like, oh, wow, I could throw this hard. I didn't never knew I could do that. And you were hitting 81 by the end of freshman year? The end of freshman year. Wow. Yeah. What do you think was, like, the biggest thing that, that like, you know, like, led you to that jump? Like, what was – if you could say that there was, like, one thing. And obviously, there's never, like, one true thing. It is, like, the process. Yep. But if, if you could, like – if you could give that credit to, like, one exercise or one main thing that you did, what would that be? I wouldn't even credit an exercise. I would literally get on the mound, and he would say, throw it as hard as you can. <laughs> 
And that changed my life because I'm like, is he lying? Like, is he, is he telling me the truth? Like, should I actually do that? And now it's like, when I have troubles, like I tell myself that I'm just like, Hey, just throw it as hard as you can. Whatever happens, happens. Like you hit him, like you hit him. You can't do like, if you're doing bad, you can't do any worse than than that. So you might as well just kind of change up your mindset. But yeah, he, he really was a big mentor. And that was kind of the first introduction I had to like the business part of baseball and like, Hey, like wake up. If you want to do this, you need to work. Yeah. Um, but I had a few others in, in my other high school too, and they kind of progress. And obviously here I have a ton of mentors, my pitching coach who our pitching coach actually left, uh, this last year. So we have a new pitching coach this year. He's been amazing. We love him. Great guy knows exactly what he's talking about. Brings a whole new perspective to our team and we kind of love him. So he's been a very good mentor this year. Absolutely. So obviously you, you made a major jump after your freshman year. Um, I got, I got to wonder though, you, you know, you can make a big jump like that and you know, sometimes it, sometimes it won't go anywhere for you though. You make that big jump and now you're playing division one baseball. When did you realize that? All right. I think I might be good enough to play at that next level. Like, was it, was it like, you know, you're heading into your senior year and it's like, Oh shoot, I might get like an offer or something. Or, you know, did you really like, you know, rock it after that? Right. So I did a lot of showcases when I was in junior, junior high school, sure. going into senior, things like that. And when I was a sophomore in New York, I had no idea what like the world was like of college sports, like mm-hmm. baseball, especially. I was just going out there like trying to win. Like I had no idea college could even be a thing for me for baseball. And then I hit Georgia and the whole culture shock thing we were talking about earlier, like people, every single person on that team wants to go play college baseball. It's all, that's all it's about. It's all it's about. Like you, you want to, you want an education, go play a sport, go play football, go play baseball, go play basketball, go play soccer, like do whatever you can and get that scholarship, get, get money and go get a great education, which obviously sitting here now couldn't have worked out any better. Can't really complain with (laughs) that. Can't complain. Absolutely. But, um, but definitely my junior year starting to do all these showcases, people looking at me, I kind of lost hope for a while in the sense that I wasn't really the biggest guy out there. I wasn't the guy throwing the hardest. I wasn't like making all these flashy plays, hitting like hitting bombs, hitting home runs. But I was always this guy that just loved to compete, loved to be out there, loved to just play baseball. And people saw that eventually. And once you, once you get, people always told me, once you get that first offer, everything just opens wide open. And that's exactly what happened. It's actually kind of funny. I went to the New York state games when I was living in Georgia and, and and the team that I was on in Georgia was like number two ranked in the nation. So it was legit people, wow. even the scouts, I would go, uh, my coach would sit up in the stands and listen to them. He'd be like, Oh, this is the guy from Georgia. Like, what's he even doing here? Like, <laughs> And that's actually, that ended up being where I got my first offer. And then after that, just the ball just kept rolling. And that's kind of where I was like, all right, I can do this if I want. Do you mind if asking who was your first offer? It was Iona College in New York. Okay. So you, so you had offers from Iona, and obviously you didn't take that, but you did end up here at Bryant. Yeah. I got to ask, though, I don't know how many other offers you had. You could feel free to you know inquire on that if you had any others. But um, I got to wonder, what made you you know choose Bryant? What really stuck out to you and made you want to become a Bulldog? So I actually was not originally supposed to go here. I was committed to... Furman University for eight months. Okay. And, you know, the whole COVID thing happened my senior year. So my senior year, we only got to play 12 games. But after that, uh, Furman University struggled financially, supposedly. (laughs) We don't know whether that's the truth or not. We're going to say it's the truth because that's what they said. Um, But they ended up eliminating their entire baseball program. Wow. And their entire boys lacrosse, men's lacrosse. So they took... That's I don't crazy. know if this is a Title IX violation. I have no idea what happened, but they eliminated 
baseball, the entire baseball program gone. They said, you can keep your scholarship and come here, but you will not be able to play baseball. And I was like, all right, that that's, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like 18, I'm, I'm 17 at the time. So I'm like 17 years of playing baseball. Do I want to play baseball in college? Obviously. And uh, yeah, I mean, you, you just go through that whole culture shock and, and it's just like, all right, I think I still want to play baseball here. Like, I mean, just the fact that your university is struggling, I still want to have my goals. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so like, I, I was kind of torn because obviously I picked a school for baseball, but yeah. I picked a school for other reasons, like the campus, the education, the majors, sure. all that. But after that I had major, I had offers from like Marist university, uh, Marist college okay. in New York, Iona. And so Marist was the big one. I went there and I met our uh, hitting coach, uh, Eric Pelletier. He loved me. I loved him. We kind of clicked and I ended up not really liking Marist as much as Furman. So I committed to Furman. Once Furman canceled, I posted on Twitter, like, I'm opening my recruiting. He DM'd me on Twitter. He was like, uh, he moved. So in that time that I committed to Furman, he mm -hmm. moved from Maris to Bryant. Okay. I took a job here. And so he was like, give me a call. Like, I know things are tough right now, but just give me a call when you can. Ended up giving him a call. We talked about it and they ended up offering me. I loved the pitching coach that we had here. I loved our head uh, coach, Ryan Klosterman. And I looked around and if you look at pictures of Furman university and you look at pictures of Bryant, they're just like direct. It's like the Northeast version of Furman. Cause where is Furman? It's in South Carolina. Okay. Greenville. Yep. Nice. That, that's gotta be crazy. Just like that whole entire, like, just like just here. When, when did you first like really step foot on campus? And like, when did you like, not, not so the first day, really <laughs> my first day was the first time I got, Oh campus. my God. So, so, so you, so you just ended up saying, all right, I'm just going to go in blind and just hope for the best. It was like a month before I moved in that I had to commit here or like decommit. Okay. So I had a month period where sure. I decommitted committed and then was like supposed to move into school. Damn. Yeah. So it was, it was wild. And we, we had no idea that it was going to happen. We just had a little text from, uh, what was supposed to be our head coach. He was like, Hey, like everyone dress up. We got a meeting. <laughs> like we did like the AD, the uh, athletic director will be there. The president's going to be there. And we're like, oh my gosh, like what's going on. And yeah, that was, that was a rough day, rough yeah. day. but all for the better. We're here now. Great facilities here at Bryant, especially in the Northeast way. Def we definitely have some of the better Northeast uh, facilities and Connie indoor and all these other things. I've forgotten. What is it? Like, there's something, there's like some saying about, uh, the Bryant University baseball, uh, like kind of like thing up here. What is it about? What I, I forget what they say, but it's isn't it supposed to be like where like the Ritz Carlton of like Northeast baseball or something like that? The I don't know that. I, I don't know. I know that I know where the real dog you. That's the only one I know though. I know that one, but I've heard yeah. some people say for like for like the uh kind of the facilities we have, like people have said where the Ritz Carlton or like or like really? the or like or like, I think they've said where the Ritz Carlton of like Northeast baseball, which is okay. an interesting thing to say. I don't know why that's like a thing, but I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, when I was in high school and in the Northeast, we were throwing baseballs into a gym divider. So now, now that we got <laughs> that, that's relatable, 130 yards of uh, turf <laughs> on indoors is definitely a step up from that. <laughs> no, that's actually that's absolutely for sure. Um, obviously, now you come here, you aren't, don't see the campus till your first day. What was it like probably just having to prove yourself all over again? Like, at, like once you get to college, everything kind of resets. I mean, you can have those relationships coming in, but that only does you so much. So what was it like having to really kind of step up and be like, all right, it's not kind of back to square one, have to, you know, really prove myself again. Yeah. It's definitely a very tough, long process and you really don't really like get to do it until the spring, because as much as the fall is you proving yourself, it's still six months away from you even throwing a pitch. Cause if you step on campus in 
late August, you still have September, October, November, December, January, and then you play your first game the second week. Obviously, you're going out there every day in the fall with trying to prove yourself, but at the end of the day, I my velo changed. Like your arm is burnt out by the end of the fall. Right now, we're kind of in that period where we shut down for two weeks to give our arms a rest, and then we kind of dial it back up after that two weeks to get ready for the season. But it's definitely a long process. We scrimmage every week here. And I think the worst part of all of that was we had COVID in the middle of everything. So not only can we do limited stuff because of COVID with the t- like the team, we had terrible time like bonding because we couldn't even go out and like do anything with our teammates. We just kind of had to sit in our dorms and t- talk to our roommates. <laughs> yeah. So you came in fall, fall of 2020. That's when you came in. Yep. Man, that semester sucked. Yeah. That was... semester was tough. Just like all the masks and all like the dividers. It was, that was, it was a rough time. We were strict with a lot of things. And I think the sports even had it worse because they couldn't mess up. If they messed up and like a picture was taken or anything like that, they were going to get bashed by, yeah, by the it, university. And especially if someone actually did come out positive, it was yeah. like, it was like, you guys got screwed. Like you guys got shut down for like two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I know like for sure, like the basketball team, like when they, like they had like a COVID outbreak on their team and they all got like locked away in like a hotel off campus. It was like yeah. rough. Yeah. So we had my freshman year, we had uh, our first one was at High Point, which is in North Carolina. Okay. And then we went to Coastal Carolina the week after that, which is also, is that in North? I believe that's in North Carolina too. Myrtle Mer- Beach? Yeah, that's that's North South. Carolina. That's South Carolina. South Carolina? Yeah. Okay. So we went we went there my or a second weekend freshman year in the spring, and we came back from that, and one of my roommates actually tested positive. Oh. So we ended up having to quarantine luckily for me when i came back in the spring i had already had my 90 day window because i had i gotten it before yeah. in the winter so that was kind of good for me but everyone on our team had to quarantine and for two weeks and ended up being a false positive so. oh geez <laughs> i i had one of those in the winter time and it was like the worst experience ever i was at uh i was like pretty solid like you know i i hung out with some friends over break and yeah. I remember there was like this one time where my buddy, Adam, uh, I've I've had him on my show before he ends up saying, Hey man, you want to come over to my house? Like chill out, watch, like watch like a game or something like that. I was like, yeah. And like, we had a couple people over and we go over and then the next day I come down to come down to the university to, I was like putting some stuff up in my dorm. It was still technically winter break. And I was putting some stuff up in my dorm and all of a sudden I, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go like the, 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 the the COVID thing is open. I'm going to go walk in there and just take a test just because then I'll know that I'm not positive and I can continue hanging out with my friends and kind of by uh, yeah. proxy, like they're not positive. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And literally as I'm walking out of the COVID testing place, my buddy hands up calling me and says, Hey man, I just tested positive for COVID. So do with that what you will. And I was like, bro, there's no way um, there's no way. And I, and I, so, and it turns out that was a false positive. Oh. He got a rapid test from like CVS <laughs> and Meanwhile, we were locked away in our basements for like three days. And then we found out it was like all BS. So like we got to leave, but it was like, it was like, you gotta be kidding me. I know the first time, the first time I had it, I'm pretty sure it was a false positive. I only tested once, but I had no symptoms. No one in my family got it. None of my friends that I was around got it. In fact, I actually, when I got my call from, um, that I was positive from the doctor. They were yeah. like, I was literally coming back from a baseball game. Like, <laughs> I, was, I played in the baseball game coming back. They're like, Hey, you're positive. And like, you felt fine. I felt fine. Oh, wow. And then the second time I had no taste, no smell. Okay. Like, so you had it. Yeah. My parents got it. My little brother actually. So it's right now my older brother's not home because he's at college. But when at the time it was my little brother and me and my 
<clears throat> me, my mom and dad. And both my parents got it. And then my little brother somehow evaded all of the germs. He was like <laughs> bringing us food, like dropping it off at the door. It was, it was pretty funny. It was a, definitely a weird week. That is that that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, outside of COVID, what are some other big obstacles that you've probably faced during your time here? So last year was probably the worst. Really? I mean, obviously COVID is one thing, but I had, uh, I had to take three and a half weeks off last year in the middle of the spring. Luckily I had time before that to, uh, play. And then I was able to come back after that, okay. but I actually had subcutaneous emphysema. What is that? Exactly. What is that? What is that? So pretty it doesn't much, sound good, but no, I, it's not. Yeah, it's not honest. I had it a little bit good, but good is like in the sense of like a mild, a mild of, case. Of, yeah. Of the, yeah. So pretty much what it is, uh, is a hole in the lung. Ooh. <laughs> and, um, the the air from from my lungs that was in there was leaking out through it and it was getting from my lung into my chest up to like my jawline up here and everything down below like when you would like press on my chest or my neck you could hear it like crunch almost oh my god almost like a uh, tissue paper was underneath and it was just the air bubbles underneath my skin that's that, crazy it was it was it was really crazy and i kind of noticed it i was a little bit sick and but like nothing bad. I had a cough. I had a little bit of a cough and sure. I went to practice one day, like couldn't breathe at lift, like struggling for air. And then I go to practice after that and my voice changed. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, what's going on. And that's when I knew something was wrong. Cause like, did I, it go up or down? It went, it was weird. It was so weird. I sounded like Kermit the frog, really like actually Kermit the frog. Damn. It was, it was, it was kind of bad. Even my, my friends were like, you need to stop talking. Like I, I can't listen to you talk right now. And so, what, what, what was this called again? <laughs> Subcutaneous emphysema. I think me, my team, I think Pat Mahomes might need to get checked out. For this. <laughs> Maybe honestly, I think, he's, I think, I he's think got we, a, he's got a little hole in his lung. I think he might, that. I think, I think that might explain the voice. Yeah. Might, he might, he might have a little bit of that. Yeah, it was, it definitely felt weird and I couldn't even like stop pressing my, it was like satisfying almost. It was like, <laughs> it was like the worst. And what was bad was that practice was, I want to say either a Thursday or a Friday. Um, I think it was a Thursday. Cause we woke up, I woke up at 6am the next morning and I felt like death. Every time I coughed, it felt like someone was punching me in the chest. Oh my God. And I, I got up and I was like, all right, I need to make the bus. And I like showered and I got out. I was like, desperate for air i was like coach like i can't go so i went back to health services they told me i just had a uh, cold but oh, I, I went back after that uh after i told my coach i wasn't going and they were like the the nurse like felt my chest and she was like i'm gonna call an ambulance you're going to the hospital oh my I was, god i was like what <laughs> i i walked in here totally fine thinking i had a cold and i there i was like they were like we're gonna put you in an ambulance i was like can i just walk to the ambulance they're like no we're gonna bring a stretcher so they stretched me um, from Barrington, like the, the door, the health services is at Barrington. So yeah. they stretched me from Barrington doors, just up that path into the ambulance. I was like, wow, I could have fucked that. It was like, <laughs> that's like a hundred feet. Like I was fine. They're like, no, you need to be straight. I was like, Oh, this must be serious. So, so they thought you were going to go down. Yeah. Well, so when I said it was mild, a case, like some people will get a collapsed lung from, okay. from that, which can be pretty deadly. So yeah, it's pretty deadly. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a lung, it's yeah. kind of, but, um, but yeah, so they, that's kind of how that whole thing went down. And I was, I was at the, the doctor at the hospital was like, you're going to have three months with no activity. Like you can't walk like fast. Like you can't even like run, do a sprint or anything. And I was like, there's no way that's right. So I went to another doctor 
he was like, it's been a week. Like you're good. You're good to go. And I was like, hmm. wow. So then I went to a specialist at Brown cause I needed a third opinion. He was like, it's been three and a half weeks. You're good to go. So after that, just kind of eased into it. And luckily I was able to be back a couple of weeks. Like I would say two weeks before the conference tournament. And fortunately we ended up losing the championship, but I ended up throwing the last inning that we had of that year, the top of the inning. So, wow, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, at least you were able to make it back towards the yeah. end. So what, what was the recovery from that? Like, like, what did you have to do? Like going Nothing. through that? Really? I had nothing. I would just show up to games and just sit there and watch. I didn't need, I had no like physical therapy. It was just me showing up to the game or showing up to practice and just kind of watching everything happen. So you just had to wait it out. Like there was no meds, no nothing for this. Uh, so they gave me, well, they actually said I had a slight asthma. Okay. So they said it could have been triggered by like an asthma attack on top of having a cough, which kind of like ripped the, the lining in the lung. Wow. And and I was lifting. So usually what it's caused is from like someone like getting hit, like in that area where it like rips, mm-hmm. but or tears, I should say is a better um, term for that. But, um, but yeah, they told me it, by the time I got to the hospital, it kind of regened like most of it already, which was good. But yeah, that was, that was definitely a crazy experience for me. That's gotta be pretty scary. That yeah. That is why. And I was so bored. You can imagine me like three and a half weeks doing absolutely nothing, no baseball, no and, activity. And there's no nothing way. you can do about it. Nothing. That's awful, man. My God. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. Oh, wow. That is, that, that is really tough. Obviously being able to kind of come back from, come back from that and have the season you did last year, obviously. Uh, you had a, you were able to have, you know put some, put together some quality innings at times last year, uh, pitch in the NEC tournament. Uh, what how did it feel for you just to be able to come back and just be you know, you know a little bit off a little bit better like once you were you know coming back from that. Yeah, it felt honestly it felt amazing because my arm was fresh at that point. I had so you were arm. just ready to go. Well, I kind of eased into it a little bit. The lifts that I had were a lot less like intensity wise. That way, I wouldn't do anything to kind of irritate it again. Um, but, uh, yeah, like coming back, I, I think I eased into it for about a, like a half of a week, mm-hmm. just kind of getting my arm back to, back to ready. And then took the weekend off because they were like, we just want you to throw a bullpen, see if your arm is good to go. And then they kind of took a little bit of time to get me back in there, which is understandable. Yeah. I don't, they just kind of took a little bit to trust me. And once they realized, Hey, like he's good to go, it was just all green light from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, now as you look ahead to your junior year, what are some goals that you kind of have set for yourself? For myself, um, for myself, it's really velocity training. I really want to get my velocity up as much as I possibly can. Okay. It's kind of been uh, on a straight line so far the past like two years. Uh, made a few jumps here and there, but haven't been consistently sitting that. So velocity training is definitely a big part of that, and that's comes with gaining weight, eating right, doing all these things to get better. The gaining weight thing is kind of tough here with the with the food we got. <laughs> that that's kind of tough, not going to lie. The no. dining hall food makes it a little bit tough to really want to eat more of it. Oh yeah. I mean, the dining hall food is great in the sense that you can eat an unlimited amount when you go in there, but it's hard to eat an unlimited amount when you, you don't, don't want, want to. to. <laughs> it's just it's just like, yeah, I could eat as much as I want. But what are the ramifications this is going to have? What are the ramifications? Salmonella this is, is the my- first one that comes to mind. No, exactly. It's just it, it's just like, is that chicken cooked? Like, I don't know. Exactly. I, I don't know. I'm not going to get too into it, but I've seen some horror stories coming out of the dining hall. Or like, especially pictures on Bryant Barstool. Oh, my. Gets rough. Oh, yeah. It gets pretty rough. And obviously, I love this university. I love everything about it. But food can always be a better. Definitely. That That's that's always uh that's always one one area of, uh, for me. Always room for improvement. Exactly. Always room for improvement. But, um, you know, I, you know, we talked about some big obstacles in your careers and some of like the, some of the lows, 
I want to kind of get into the highs and, you know, I, I kind of wonder what, what have been some of your favorite mem- memories as a Brian Bulldog? Memories as a Brian Bulldog have, there's like an unlimited. You could go baseball, you could go, baseball, you could just go like student life, really. Yeah. I mean, okay. again, we're on the radio, yeah. but, uh, uh-huh. but yeah. just keep it like, like kind of we'll like that. PG. Sure. Obviously, we, <laughs> there's plenty of weekends here where we have our fun, but, you know, we'll, we'll stick to baseball. I mean, individual accomplishments, like I I would say my best was when I had a start against Northeastern, went five scoreless. That was a lot of fun. I was, <laughs> they kind of just let me go out there and just do my thing. They're like, hey, which which even crazier about that, our old pitching coach was kind of bad communication wise, and he was bad with it on purpose. He would not, he would, so I was a reliever and he would, he would never let us change our routine. So if I was starting, he would not tell me. So I didn't find out I was starting that game against Northeastern until I saw the lineup card an hour and a half before the first pitch. Why would he not, why would he not tell you that? Why was he bad? Why would he like avoid communication on purpose? Because so as a reliever, it's kind of like show and go. Like he, you warm up before the game and yeah. then it's like, Hey, you're going in. So you get like five, five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, like max, I would sure. say. And so he was kind of like set on this idea. Like if I tell you you're throwing like at the latest time possible, you're going to do the exact routine that you usually do. And I was like, I went up to him. I was like, I don't know if that's the right idea because I do a lot of other stuff before I even go in the game in the bullpen because you have all this time, you have five innings to prepare. And he was like, okay, like that makes sense. But that's like, I, I don't even ah, remember, but I'm, but I'm doing this. Yeah. Like I'm doing this. Like I was just like, okay. And it's, I, it's, it's also weird too. Cause obviously, you know, you probably have the stamina to probably go those five innings, but it's, but it's just like, all right, a relief appearance where I'm going out there for one to two innings is a lot different than, you know, me going out there and starting who, who knows how many, Yeah, like they, like there's like, there is a difference with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the most I had gone before that was like three innings. So okay. for them to, and he, he told me, he was like, Hey, like you're going to start, but you're only throwing three innings or sorry, two innings. He said two. Okay. So I went two pretty quick. And then you let me go for the third. I was like, you can keep me in. And, and <laughs> he was like, he was like, all right, that's fair. So then I went fourth and fifth and he was like, all right, we got to give, give it to the next person. I was like, all right, that's cool. And like, it was just fun. Like going out there, like having like, no care of like, Hey, like you're coming out after this inning. I was like, no, like I want this. And like, I was so locked in on just like trying to get uh, as much innings as possible and just trying to keep that zero column in there. And it was a lot of fun. And I mean, I would think as a team, we've had so many bus trips that were, we're just kind of stuck together. Like, yeah, it's just the bus is 18 hour trip. We're just, we're stuck with so many, we, the, we enjoy those bus rides though, as much as they are really bad. Like, how do you, how do you pass the time? What, what, what is there a go-to show for you go to like app or gamer? It's everything you really? got. Cause let's, you have 18 hours. It's everything <laughs> as like, I'll try and sleep as much as possible. Just cause when we get off there, the second we get off the bus, we hotel shower practice. So it, it's kind of like gets the ball rolling right away, but we watch shows. We play, <clears throat> we play mafia. If you're familiar with that game, a little it's, bit. it's, it's kind of, it's kind of confusing. It'll, okay. it'll take a while to describe, but it's kind of a game that involves a ton of people and like sure. the whole team can play it. And uh, so yeah, just shows games apps. Is is there one go-to show for you that you can just go to? Oh, there's, I'm a big show guy. I love watching TV. Okay. But what I would say your favorites family guys definitely got to be up there. Oh yeah. You, you could watch that the entire trip. I could watch that the whole time. I like, I'm a big like cartoon, Rick and Morty, American dad, family okay. guy. But then I like I also like Stranger Things is I love Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things. I love that show. There's a ton of them that I like. 
Um, and my mom actually is a is big with that. She loves sending me new shows, and I'll kind of listen to what she says because we kind of like the same stuff. That's smart. I mean, just like you got to probably have something new each time you go down. Yeah, definitely. It, for you, I mean, obviously, like that's kind of like a little routine that you have on the bus. But um, you mentioned your pregame routine. Is there any like specific things that you like to do before that? Maybe like a pregame meal, anything specific in your warmups that you try to do each and every time? Like maybe a song or something like that. Um, I definitely I like drinking good coffee on the days that I pitch. Like, okay, waking up and having a good cup of coffee is just like it just starts your day off like really good. Sure. Um, I don't really have a pregame meal that I go to. Something like not really heavy like a like salad with like some chicken in it something like that i get that yeah um but yeah routine kind of just follow the same thing my coach kind of writes up something uh every every day and we kind of follow that same activation just kind of get the body ready and uh i throw in a few things here and there that i think might help and he just says do what you need to do to get ready and i just kind of do the same kind of stretching routine every time kind of gets my, my body ready dude i i appreciate the uh, like the idea of like the, like the eating something light because i can tell you like i did i played baseball back in high school i barely even ate like if i ate something it was like not like a granola bar but something like dry and yeah. i like i just meanwhile my brother who was um when during my senior year he played on varsity with me as a freshman and i remember like we like we had a playoff game coming up that day and we have like this center store kind of like in the center of town near our high school and like we drove up there to get like stuff and I got I grabbed like, I don't know, like a, not like a candy bar, but I probably just grabbed like something like not even like a sandwich, but I was like something very small. And my brother, he, he ends up saying to like the lady at the at the like front desk, he goes, hey, can I have an egg sandwich? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dog, you're playing shortstop today. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to die out there. But no, he would. But he was so but he was he's he's playing Division two baseball right now. And I'm just like, how the how the hell is he doing that? People are different. No, I it, will it's watch, actually crazy. I would even think in high school, like I was kind of bad in high school. I would go to Waffle House before a game and like. <laughs> have a whole waffle with like a bunch of eggs and bacon and oh my god i'm just like looking i'm looking back and i'm just like that probably probably wasn't a good i good idea for how the me. hell did you make it here that's insane exactly i mean you play think about it in high school like if you go and you drive let's say you even drive like three anywhere from an hour to three hours just to go to a tournament down there and you're playing six seven games in three days matt like probably even two days saturday sunday in high school and it's a lot of baseball. You're at the field for a long time. So like eating things, it just becomes really difficult or it becomes really bad because you eat the, like the worst thing you eat, like the fast food things that are just around the complex. No, exactly. Like it, like I remember there was like this one baseball complex that was near us growing up in, uh, North, uh, North And it was, uh, it was new England baseball complex. And like, there was like a Burger King right next door. And it's just, it's like, oh, this would, this isn't going to be, you're just like tempting me. Like, why, why even do that? It's like, like, why do do you have, it's like, why do you have this and like IHOP next door? It's like, it's like, this is terrible. But like a Panera or like a Chipotle, even like those are like fast food, but like, or just like a deli or something. Or a deli. Exactly. Just something I could grab something like, like nice. See, that's one of the things I missed a lot being in Georgia was the deli. Oh, the deli, dude! I swear to you, my dad's from New York. He's from Long Island, so um, he like any like we are like big on the delis. Mm-hmm. Like we go on like road trips somewhere, he'll stop like anywhere and he'll end up saying like, "Oh, hey, I, I found like this deli like off the beaten path, and we'll go and I'm, it's gonna be like it's like the best sandwich I've ever had." Yeah, it's like how the hell does he find exactly. this place? Exactly. I mean, but that's like a very New York, like up northeastern thing too. I used to have Grand Central Market. I'll never forget the name of that deli. <laughs> I used to go to the same place every time, and I still talk to my friends from New York, and they're like, "Oh, like 
one of, one of the other delis like close to school like oh it's kind of gone downhill i'm like no that's so unfortunate but if, i talked to my brother too because my uh my brother was going to georgia tech before we even moved okay and he was i talked to him he's like i cannot find a good pizza and i refuse to eat any pizza that's not like as, as good tasting as new york pizza yeah and so he's in cali right now so i'm kind of i'm kind of concerned to see if he uh if he likes the pizza out there or if he maybe not so much he's probably just become a burrito guy yeah at this point. maybe <laughs> that's probably that's probably what he's done at this point yeah oh, i man. ask him about that that's actually. really interesting i mean Again, like, I don't know how my brother does this stuff, but he just houses, like, like the most, like, the, like the type of food that you would not expect someone to eat before a game and be successful. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. But at the same time, like, think about, like, high school, like, like, people, like, high school, like, high schoolers and just athletes like that. It's just different. Like, you can, like, like you said, like, you could probably house a whole pizza. Like, it's like, you do some crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I used to show up to school like 20 minutes late with like <laughs> with like a Gatorade bar and like a protein shake and, and be just good to go, be good to go, just ready for physics at 8 a.m. in the morning, off like five hours of sleep. It's, like, it's just like, oh my god! Think about how crazy like high school is, like sports wise. You wake up, school's at 8 a.m. Like you have to be up at like seven, like then you have to go to school for like you had, you had school at 8 a.m. Dude, my first class started at seven. Okay, so that's that's where I had seven thirty is when it's seven thirty in New York was when my school started. I get to Georgia, school starts at eight twenty. I was so happy. Oh my god, that's so nice. I was so that happy. is so nice. I still showed up late to first period though. <laughs> I somehow f- figured out a way because I mean I was I was getting driven my junior year and then my senior year I was it was me and my younger brother and I was driving him so it was just. And it was in Atlanta is bad with traffic. Oh yeah. Traffic in Atlanta gets bad. So it would take us 20, 25 minutes just to get to school. So kind of describe to me, where is Johns Creek kind of near like Atlanta? So Johns Creek is right outside. It's about 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. Oh shoot. So it's not, not too far. It's very populated. Like I said, we had three high schools with that are massive in the area, but it's not so much city, but you're getting the traffic of people going into the city. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, like even my mom works in Atlanta, she works in Buckhead, which okay just like a little more north of Atlanta, but, but yeah, it's definitely, you get a ton of traffic and it gets bad. How is like the, how is like the Atlanta like fandom down there? I know like, like, are you, were you down there for like the, when like the Falcons were going through like their run or no? I wasn't. No. Okay. I mean, I have the Braves though now yeah. cause they won the world series. Yeah. How was, oh yeah. You weren't there for that, but how was kind of like, I don't know, just being in that atmosphere now, like I haven't been to too many cities down South. I've been to, I've always, I've always been to New York been to Boston, yep. uh, Chicago I've been to. And then uh, up North, I've been to like Toronto and some places, but oh, how's cool. it like down there? It's amazing. I mean, the people there are like super nice. You'll get honestly, Atlanta in the South is one of the places you won't get more than nicer people. I would say, <laughs> But uh, but the people there are still really good. Like, you'll go there. You, there's a ton of places to eat. There's a ton of markets. Um, and my brother lived in a, and Georgia Tech is in Atlanta, so I used to go visit him all the time. And we would go to like these nice restaurants. Atlantic Stations right there. A ton of good food. And Sun uh Sun Truist now is what it's called. Uh, the Brave Stadium is uh really nice. Really nice. Super nice. They have this area outside. You've been. I've been. That's oh. how that's got to be awesome. It was so awesome. Like you go out there, you see like there's like live bands. There's a there's a concert venue there that people go to. There's a ton, a ton of stores and like different things going on. Don't they have like a steakhouse in right field? Yeah, they do. The chop house. I that's think it's called. That's awesome. That's that, amazing. That, that place. That's got to probably I haven't co- eat there. I, I was about to say that's probably got to cost a good bit of money to eat there, yeah. especially during a game. 
it's oh, like I it's i it, can't even imagine just like yeah you you're gonna have to really you know dig into your pockets for yeah, that if i'm if i'm paying 120 dollars for a steak the braves better win <laughs> and i better i better have the best steak of my life no absolutely that's yeah. that's crazy but obviously um you know as you as you move forward into this year um you know i kind of want to i kind of want to turn things a little bit back to bryant here um as we do kind of move on with the episode but um you know, as you move on with your Brian career, I wanted to see what are some goals that you have for yourself this year? Obviously you were throwing 81 at the end of high school. What are you throwing now? So right now I'm up to like 91, 92. Okay. Which is a, a definitely a step better, but uh, the tops are there. The top, the top velocity is like 92. The goal is for it to be 92 consistently. Okay. And so I'm kind of a shorter guy and I kind of have a, a three quarters arm slot, which means mm -hmm. I'm more sidearm than I am throwing from the top which is good because the ball moves a lot more from sure. that side and when you throw the ball up from a, a, sh a short guy like me having an arm slot out here the ball kind of looks like it rises on you so it kind of it kind of helps but goals for me definitely to get that velocity up there and we just won an american east title yeah. it's the first <laughs> year let's get one my my first year lost in the championship my second year lost in the championship wipe it all clean throw it all out nothing none of that matters like we're in the American East this year. We need a championship. I want a ring. Yeah, That's I mean, how do you, how how is the team feeling about that transition? Like, obviously, you know, a, a large part of this move to the America East was because of the success of our basketball team this year, going to March Madness, all the success we had there. But you know, this is a this is a change that's happening for a majority of Bryant Athletics. Obviously, obviously, football is going to Big South. Tennis is going to the Southland Conference, mm -hmm. and some other guys going here and there. But for you guys, how 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 do you guys reacting to this? Honestly, we we like it. I think it's definitely because we've won the American E or sorry, excuse me, the NEC. We won the Amer uh, NEC nine years in a row, the regular season. Sure. Then this past year, the tenth year, unfortunately, we weren't able to get it done. <laughs> weren't able to, unfortunately, but nonetheless, I think it's definitely a step up for us, like competition wise, and mm -hmm. I think we'll definitely compete with all the teams there, but the goal is obviously still to win. And I think we have a really good chance to do that. We have a ton of transfers. We have a bunch of good freshmen. We have guys that can hit the ball, hit the absolute, you know what, out of the ball. And our offense is looking really good. I think our pitching has some improvement to do, but I think it's definitely possible for us to go out there and win a conference championship and then some. Yeah. I mean, you guys have had some great power hitters in years past, like, uh, what, like Liam McGill, I'm thinking, um, who'd you guys have last year? It was like that. He was like that six, seven guy, six, seven. He was like that really tall guy. Oh, Alex lane. Yeah. Lane was ridiculous oh, last yeah. year. So he was, he was insane. Yeah. Trader transferred <laughs> to uh Northeastern. Oh yeah. Which uh, it's all right. Like we get it. Everyone has their own, their own reasons for everything, but you know, absolutely. we would have loved to have him on our side. Who, who, who you guys, if, if you had to like say that there's this one that one guy that to watch out for this year besides yourself, yep. Who would who would that guy be? Ooh, that's a good one. We have a lot. Um, we have we have us one transfer. Okay. Uh, his name is Brian Schaub, and he hits the ball further than a lot of people that I've seen. I've been around a lot of people, but he hits the ball really well. We have a lot of guys this year who have struggled in the past that are doing a lot well. One of my good friends, Lewis, he. He's kind of struggled this fall. He is tearing it up, hitting hitting the ball really well. Okay. Playing good defense. I think we've had a lot of uh position moves um because we brought in guys to play the infield. So a lot of the infielders that maybe weren't getting as much time are moving to the outfield. Okay. Which is good because we want them in the lineup if they can hit and we need we need to figure out how we can do that. Yeah. 
and we have a lot of guys. We have like 46 guys on our roster, I wow. believe. So that that's going to that's going to be tough and it kind of increases the competition level just cuz you have 22 pitchers. One person can pitch at a time. Yeah. Somebody's got to be that guy that's like stepping up. We need three starters a week at least and then you need a midweek. So that's four pitchers right there that we need to be like really competitive for us and end up being really good. But um, but yeah, Brian's definitely a transfer that I would say was going to stand out this year. That's awesome. And for yourself, I I I'm also wondering. I've asked this to a bunch of guys before. Um, you know, they like you can you can be friendly with all the guys, but you know, I've I've seen like with athletes, there's like usually one or two guys that they really gel with and are you know they consider their guy. For you, who would that person be? Oh, that's my roommate. Me, my roommate is Brett Wachowski, and. So I had a single my freshman year uh, in Barrington. Okay. And so I kind of was in between like, what should I figure out next year? And me and him were uh, travel roommates. So we stayed in the same hotel together um, every every weekend. So we kind of just ended up clicking. We liked the same music. Was he liked- also a pitcher? Yeah, he's also a pitcher. Unfortunately, he just had surgery. Oh. So he he's coming back from that. Luckily, though, it's nothing like too serious. He kind of had a bone spur in his elbow. Sure. So he just had the doctors kind of had to clean it up. He'll be back for the start of the season, which is good. He ends, he was our Saturday starter last year for a little bit towards the end of the year. Um, did really well. He runs his ball up to 96. He, he's, he can be really, really good once he gets back healthy. Let's put it that way. That's exciting. But yeah, me and him really click and, that's that's my boy. That's we, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, I mean, I mean, we have had a great episode so far, but uh, we are kind of winding down towards the end. And I, I have one last question I want to ask you. And it's something I asked. I ask everyone on the show, whether, you know, you've they're the heights of being in the major leagues to, you know, a high school athlete that's just trying to break into college. And it's basically what are you trying to you know, once baseball, once any sport ends, you know, eventually you could play 20 years in the bigs or it'd be done after four years here. It eventually does come to an end. And I know that you're trying to like live out, live out the, live out those best days right now and make every single day count, but eventually it does come to an end. So I want to ask you when that day inevitably does come, what is something that you would want to do when baseball is no longer, uh, when playing is at least no longer. uh, Yeah, obviously. You know, living the dream is playing baseball every day. Living the dream on the other way is doing what you love to do besides that, which I love broadcasting. I love being around the sports world. I, just, I And I see that because you actually broadcast with WJMF. Exactly. Yeah. Me and uh, me and Zeke, me and Ezekiel, yeah. we get we, we love to do those games. We uh, broadcast the volleyball games The we're going to do basketball soon. He does football. I like more of the soccer lacrosse area. But uh, sure. But yeah, like I've I've been doing I did PA announcing for a basketball team once I stopped doing that in high school. I'm starting to get involved a lot more here. I did uh, some things for Tristan, working cameras, all this other stuff. But I just love the media world. I'm a communication major. Same marketing. here. Yeah, exactly. We we got to stick together. There's not many of us here at Brian. No, yeah, it's it's a. Uh, it, it, I have a comm theory class with which is supposed to have all my communication majors in it, and it's like, wow, this entire this is it. This is the class. All <laughs> yeah. right. Well, I will. I'm rocking with it. I love these guys. <laughs> but all right. Yeah, literally. I mean, you see the same people really because Brian's yeah. not too big, but. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, communication major, I'm a marketing minor. So like, I love social media. I think there's nothing more I do other than baseball in the day than being on, being on my phone or, or at practice. But, um, but yeah, definitely want to stay in the sports world, some sort of media broadcasting area. Yeah. I mean, I, I can totally agree with that. That's something that has been of interest to me, uh, whether it's like getting into, 
getting into something with radio or like like you said, getting into just remaining with athletics is something that I'd like to do uh, for the foreseeable future. It's hopefully grow. Hopefully I get the chance to do that going forward. But yeah. Um, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the winter though, because basketball season is starting up and I love working those games. I love, you know, whether it's the men's or the women's games, it's always fun. Um, I, I mainly work camera, but I've done some other stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I've, have you ever done camera or anything for the basketball games or no, not for the basketball games. I got to tell you, there's, there's one really cool thing that you can do for the basketball games. And, um, you know, you have the traditional cameras where you're tracking the actual game itself. But one of my favorite things to do is work the under the hoop cams because, mm-hmm. You, you would think that um, for like these broadcasts and stuff, we might, there might be like some like kind of like setup we have, but all they do is you just get a rolly chair and you sit under there with a camera and you're getting those under the, under the hoop shots and you can really kind of make it your own and make it look really sick. And yeah. I don't know. I, I find it funny too, that, you know, we do this in college and it's like, all right, yeah, we're just trying to make the best of what we're doing. They do this in the NBA oh, where, yeah. where you just get a rolling chair with like an office chair and they're just filming from that. And I just find that incredible that like in the NBA, that's how they're getting those crazy shots. I mean, you can see those people even under their hoop, like yeah. when they when they like fall in. So you can see all the camera guys like moving out of the way. It's it's really cool. I've seen them at the volleyball games too, and they they do a good job with that. But, yeah, um, but that's that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, no, so that, that's something you should definitely look into this year because it's a ton of fun. I highly recommend it. I'd have to. Yeah, but Austin, we've had a great episode so far today, but unfortunately, we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to wrap up what we talked about about today and send all you guys on your way um austin wayner pitcher for the bright university bulldogs joined us today on the show to talk about his career his upbringing and the bryant bulldogs move to the america east conference austin thank you so much for coming on the show it's been a blast to have you thank you so much for having me it was definitely a blast absolutely um you know i'd want to say really quickly if you guys are not falling down to the wire what are you guys doing? We are available everywhere you guys can stream podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. We're on all those streaming platforms plus YouTube. And you can find all of those links in our Instagram bio at down.tothewire on Instagram. Again, at down.tothewire on the IG. Austin, I'll let you shout out your show real quick. Uh, you know, a little plug. I don't know if you have any social medias, but I'll let you do that. I actually don't. Um, stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Ah, fair enough. Well, with that being said, uh, from down the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Austin Weiner. And we hope you guys have a great day. Take care and peace out. WJMF Radio.